Hey, Dave. Knock, knock. Who's there? Daisy. Daisy who? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you start a show. Brothers but not by birth. Family but not by DNA. Dave and Adam are two of a kind. And they want to borrow some of your day. To talk into your ear holes about midi-chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated but so are they. who aren't related unrelated at first but they're brothers in a brotherly way now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the south the brothers from different mothers but they're both really proud to be unrelated at I think you have two clips this week, Adam. All right. Welcome into another great, exciting, and wonderful, unrelated at birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you recorded and in living color all the way from the top of the state of Alabama. That's right, in Madison, Alabama, in the unrelated at birth podcast studios. And as always, I have brought my friend along from the great state of Florida, the one, the only phenomenal brother. Adam Joseph Russell. Did you like my joke? No. That would be a great clip of the theme song of you literally not changing your facial expression. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. Just... That was worth it. <laughs> yeah. So I think you have to have two clips this week. Okay. One one of that, of the whole intro sure. there where, where I'm just staring at you the whole time and, and, and you're dancing and then whatever we do in the, the show for your clips. So, okay. So now you're doubling my workload when we're producer done. notes, producer. Is that, notes. is that your, is that your revenge for the joke is you're asking yes. me to do twice as much. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, it'd be easy to find this one because it's kind of the very first that, thing that does make it a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Let's see if I hit this button. Okay, Uh-oh. we're good. I didn't go away. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't what push are it you button. doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so guys, thank y'all for uh, for enjoying the ride with us tonight. We've got a couple of cool throwback topics for Ooh, for us because I, I I almost texted you this afternoon and said we need to see what Ben Foster's doing. Oh yeah, just because. This I, I really wish you had the sideline warning music because this is a sports episode. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're going to talk about the conference realignment with college football, and then some some news came out this week that uh, that we need to talk about because well, it has to do with a college that's near and dear to your wife's heart. Well, and I graduated and, from there too, technically. Yeah, but. Well, and and for anybody who's thinking maybe I'll turn this episode off because sports isn't my cup of tea, the second story. Is a human interest? What? 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 A human? I, I'd call it human interest. Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily sports. It's a tabloid material. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot more. A there, there's going to be a lot more than sports. I mean, if you've ever listened to an unrelated at birth show, you know that we don't stay on. Topic. How many tangents? <laughs> right. And you, and you dressed for the occasion, Dave. You're decked I out. I did. I did. I, I'm very. I'm very uh, sporty. Right. <laughs> See, That's I told you. you it would come into handy. <laughs> I told you. It would I've been come waiting in handy. to use that one. 
<laughs> That's two um, buttons in one show, and we're not even five minutes into this thing. It's lovely. I know, I know. All right, so I've got a fun story to tell. All right, go for it. So this afternoon, we went and did a team-building exercise with my, my company, Ooh. with my, my team at Boeing. What did you build as a team? Well, we, we went axe-throwing, and then we went to a uh, just a brewery and, and had, had dinner. So it was a fun night, actually. It's a better time than I actually expected I'd have. That's good. Um, but so this is a group of people that have only seen business side of Dave. So Business Dave. Business Dave. Business man. Not, not, you know, let guard down Dave. Yeah. Right. So we get there, we're ax throwing. And of course, you know, I make a competition of it because I'm, I, I make a competition of everything. And, and so I'm hitting all the, I'm, I'm doing okay. And Oh, you can see my, my lunch bag in the, the screen shot. <laughs> we're going to move that over there. Um, and I'm doing okay, but the, <laughs> the, the radio they play. Oh no. First off, they played uh, Billy, is it Billy Joel? Give me that old time of rock and roll. That's Bob Seger. Kind of music. Bob Seger. Seger. So that kind of loosened me up a little. I love that. I love that song. Sure. Yeah. And and then Bye 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 comes on. No, Dave, please. Oh, I started singing. Oh. I, singing and, and just grooving. Everybody looks at me and went, Really? I said, Dude. <laughs> you don't Next. know the half of it. Next song is it's tearing up my heart. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then the next song is wanna be. <laughs> if you wanna be my love. Oh yeah. Oh my god. So, so they saw like, I tell you what I, want, new, what I really really want. Like, they saw this a whole guy? new side of Dave Adams tonight. Well, thank goodness the brewery was after the axe throwing and Dave's musical ensemble, or else <laughs> they would have seen a whole other other other. <laughs> side yeah wow i mean it, we had fun we, that's we a, it, you, a little... evidently you're all consummate professionals nobody's kind of because you went axe throwing and everybody made it out okay i mean we we threw weapons at i mean with each other so uh <laughs> i was aiming at the board i promise that's <laughs> awesome couple, there were a couple times where where you, know, you rear back and all the all the ladies are doing it with two hands and yeah. it's just me and another guy or the other two only guys on this team. Mm. And so we're getting there, we're like, no, 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 we're not doing this two-handed crap. So I'm doing my old baseball throws and like my axe is getting stuck in the board. Nice. Like I have to like wedge it out. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, where do you get this power? I'm like, why do you think all this pent up aggression from NASA pissing on me all week? That's <laughs> that NASA anger. Yeah, it's man. It's coming out. So. You should have been like the Good. Lord. It's the Lord's the power. Lord. The Lord's power. <laughs> I love, I'm jealous, man. I love axe throwing. You know, it was, it. this was okay. So we went to a place called Campus 805 here in town. And I, I think I told you about it. Yeah. Um, it's an old high school that, that they have really made into this kind of cool community center there's there's three breweries there's a tattoo parlor there's axe throwing Your typical community and, center yeah yeah i, yeah, I think well, you mean I hub mean, i think you mean hub, like community a hub, hub. yeah, yeah. And, come and on down funny, kids for your summer program have some beer and a tattoo you know well no so what's funny is like there are high schools that do their prom there that's because cool. there is there this is, is where this is space. where the donut place was right uh right past it right yeah. past it okay yeah 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 cool. that's right we, we went to shipley not Shipley, Shipley. Um, um, Parlor. Parlor, yeah. Yeah, Shipley's cool. in Texas and Mississippi. Yeah, they do. They have a Shipley in Sarasota. 
Do they really? Believe it or not, yeah. We went when we went to the Brave Spring training game on the way back. We were able to get some Shipley donut and have let the kids try it. They've been to Mississippi since and have had the real deal. But yeah, um, yeah there's a place in town called Axe Caliber that roast has their own coffee roasted. So they're a restaurant, Ooh. a coffee house. They kind of they have a bar feature, you know, and food and all that kind of stuff. Right. The axe throwing and an indoor um, gun range. But it's not gun-gun. It's like lasers and CO2 cartridges to give you the kickback. And you oh. can actually do your concealed carry permit training there. Oh, cool. It counts, technically. So Yeah. At least the front part. You still have to do the range time, but all the other stuff counts because you're at least handling something. But they do a you little bit a of everything there. And they do that, come come team build here with our yeah. indoor gun range. And it's like, no, I'm not bringing work. Man, the axe thing, okay, <laughs> that's cool. I'm not bringing work people to the other side. That just feels a little. I strange. mean, now that be, now, I'd do it. Well, teach their own. I, personally, that doesn't stand out as an option. But you know, I mean, you're a boss. You could do. I'm it. a boss. <laughs> I'm like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> but they do anyway. I'll close it with this. They do a. They turn black lights on and paint the boards with like fluorescent paint, and do like a glow night. Can we do a glow night with the guns? <laughs> I don't think you're shooting the guns at each other. I don't know if that would have an effect, but I get what you're going. I get where you're going. No, the scene in Bad Boys 2. There's oh, yeah. no devil welcome here. <laughs> if anybody from there is listening, we just gave you a free idea, free of charge. Just uh, allow right? us to be part of it, and that's all we ask. That's a oh, good idea. The unrelated at birth night. Oh, man. At Lakeland, Florida's gun Excalibur. range. I'm going to bleep out where you said I was from. I, but then I again, I said the time. name of the place so people could Google it. Yeah, anyway. you did. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I said Indian Shores. <laughs> Dude, stop it. <laughs> That's a secret. <laughs> Nobody goes there and we like it that way, okay? <laughs> That's good that or, you had a team building. Do you, do you feel like your morale is improved? Um, actually, mm. I, 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 look, so Adam will tell you, I went in with a pretty piss poor attitude. A lot of people do for team building, though. Yeah. It wasn't half. It, w- it was a lot more fun than I expected. That's good. Well, and you know, really the, the hybrid, <clears throat> excuse me, the hybrid, the hybrid aspect the hybrid. of it probably helps with that because you're not having to spend a night with people you already see five days a week. Right. Right. So it probably is a little bit better than it would have been pre-pandemic. So I also, let's, let's just have a, here's our first tangent of the night. You ready? <sighs> Number one. Ding. Number one. I need a counter. Uh, Where's the little? We have a little ding. I don't have a ding. Bell. Okay. Okay. I'll get so, one. So, you and I have had a lot of conversations about return to work and hybrid and and we're, we're not. Boy, have we? I actually, I actually have new thoughts. You have? Do I like it? Dave has new thoughts. I know, right? right let's hear. This. Do I like it? Do I think that it's something I I prefer? No, I still like my work from home. I, I whatever, but. You know, I've always said all oh, boomers want to keep us back, get us back in office because they're not used to working from home, blah, sure. blah, blah. Well, think about it this way. The economy is failing, right? Bidenomics is working just fine. I don't know what well, you're talking about. The economy is not failing. The economy is not. I'm it, thoroughly it's, it's, confused it's, by your comments right now. Oh, hush. The, the economy is, is not <laughs> as strong as it was pre-pandemic. Yes. It's on the road to recovery. It's a long and winding it, road, but it's the road right, to recovery. Right, it is. But. Pre-pandemic, people were going into the office five days a week. We were buying gas. We were 
every day going and buying lunches. We were doing this and this and this. When we go to work, we do that. When we go to work, we do this, come back. So instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I hate going into the office. What if everybody's saying, let's go back into the office to help try to jumpstart the economy? You have to look at it that way. I Okay, look. Think about it, though. Think about it. You hear it, the hisses, right? I heard the hisses. But it, it, it is something that, that you have to think about. Give it some thought. Maybe if, if people go back in the office, they start going into, I'm not saying five days a week. Sure. Three days a week, four days a week, whatever. Give us a hybrid schedule, two, two three, three, two, whatever you want to do. But looking maybe if the economy might come back if people are going back to a hybrid schedule and not just a 100% virtual. Well, they might jump started in all of those ancillary ways you're talking about, maybe more lunches out, that kind of stuff. But they're stimulating their local economy instead of the economy of the place they commute to, which for a lot of people is the same. For some of us, it's not right. Right. I I get it. Here's my thing. You're you're in a different situation. I understand. Oh, trust me. I drove through half of Lake County today to get to property because I four had an accident. Okay. I went through four counties, four to get to work today. Anyway, I think it's situational. All of my biases due to my situation aside, I think it's situational because there is value in me sitting across from and next to the people that report to me so that we can brainstorm on a dry erase board. There's things like that that can't be recreated. Right. But when, and I think two days a week works, three days a week works a little less. I think it's diminishing returns, but two to three fits because you can schedule those days with purpose. And that was the whole thing that we said a long time ago. All of our leadership stuff was purpose-driven was the keyword, And I think it made perfect sense. When, when you're driving in to sit there on a Zoom call yeah, that, and I, your I boss is in his office in a Zoom call because right after this meeting, they've, no, no, this isn't my boss. I'm using a generic. This hasn't happened to me. But if, right. if your boss or your coworkers are also at their desk on the same Zoom call because they have to run early to another meeting, it's like, the diminishing returns drop incredibly fast. And it's right. not just the frustration, it's morale, it's intent to stay with the company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Once it level sets and everybody requires it, that whole like staying with the company thing, if everybody's requiring it, it's not a big deal anymore. And that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah, you know? that's where we're getting there. But like, if you look at our situation, <clears throat> there are six, well, if you include the parks and resorts and all the other places, there's multiple places in Orlando where people can sit. The odds of everybody being in the same building for a meeting are close to zero, right? Right. And a lot of, you're like that because you do sit in the same building with NASA. We had this conversation the other day, right? Do you sit in right. the same building no, with we, NASA? No, and they're in another building. Are you driving all the way no. across town every time you're meeting with somebody? No. So you're driving in and commuting to video commute, to telecommute. So you're doing right. both commutes. <laughs> they're stacked yeah. on top of each other, right? So I think there are very purposeful things that drive a lot of value. And I think that's where employers need to be careful. And again, putting my biases aside, watch for those diminishing returns. Even I've gotten yeah. used to two days a week. I just accept it. I do it. It's not a big deal. I get a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee on the way to work, listen to a podcast. Sometimes I turn on Disney Parks music to get the pixie dust flowing. It's <laughs> fine, right? But if they came back and said four, even three, Mentally, you have to make that leap. You have to make that shift. And yeah. it's like either rip the Band-Aid off or leave it the way it is, your, your current situation included. Right. This incremental right. crap, it's like, yep. it's like reopening the wound over and over and over. So anyway. 
It is. I, I, and, you know, I've gotten used to two days. And other, oh, I think we're going into three days. Yeah. Well, you know. It's their prerogative. So I and, I, and I totally, and, you know, the boss calls the shots. And I totally get it. It's just like with any investment in your people, in your money, in your time, there is a cliff of diminishing returns that yeah. happens really fast. And, you know, and so. let's be honest. Sometimes it's not your boss that makes the call. Sometimes it's your boss and their boss and your boss's boss's boss. And well, if, if the uh, higher up you go, if they say it, it's got to roll downhill. That's just the right, way it works. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, cool. Speaking, of, speaking of work and work related things, I hit my 20th. Ooh. Hang on, where's the button for that? There we go. See, I'll get applause. You can get the booze. I'll get the applause. But no, I, I, yeah, but I got, I got roll tide roll. I'm that's okay true. with that. You did. But no, I, I'm going to show this on camera. Maybe this could be the clip. But I found this online. So when I started with the company at 20, the company thought 20 was a big deal. And it still is. It's the first character statue you get. The castle you get at 15, symbol you get at 20. But you used to get a watch or a ring. And I found one of the watches. Oh, even, even comes with a box? It's the original box that they presented in and everything. And oh, here's cool. the funny story about this watch. So I found two it online. Ticks. What's that? It ticks. It does. It ticks. it ticks. And it keeps time. It's an amazing story. Um, does it go, nothing can stop us now? <laughs> I don't know. This predated that a little bit. It would probably be more like, um, there's a great, big, beautiful, tomorrow, <laughs> like that. Um, but... Um, this uh the, universe of energy <laughs> <laughs> you make the world go round whatever it was the, the original yeah. land song or veggie veggie fruit fruit one of those veggie fruit that's it <laughs> there are no substitutes for we anyway um so on the back of the watch is the original hire date of whoever it was presented to and his name's rg and this was shipped from california so it's probably either an anaheim burbank glendale could be an imagineer for all i know but um ooh, ooh rg robert gibson is it? No. What's that guy's name? Anyway, I'll have to look it up. Bob Gurr. I know, right? It's like, mm, okay. But he started in 83, so it's probably not him. But no, it's not Bob. Yeah, it is but here's not the Bob. thing. It, the, the person's start date was 83, which means this was presented to them in 2003, which was the year I started. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That's, that's um, cool. But anyway, yeah, I got that. And then my parents, they're lovely people. They really are. They gave me this. They are. Look at that watch. Rocketeer It's the watch. face of the Rocketeer helmet on a watch with a coin. Hello. Ooh. And then they also, I don't have it with me. They gave me a pin, a Rocketeer pin. I'm like, a watch, a coin, a pin. Do they know me it, or what? Uh, Do they know me or it's what? Adam Russell. But there's a detail on this I have to show you, Dave. And I apologize for everybody in audio land. I'll post a picture. But the band is the same color as his jacket, right? But uh -huh. What's on the side of the band right here? It's his buttons. Okay, that like is his cool. jacket. I know, right? Yeah, right. That is kind of cool. right. So yeah, it was awesome. Got to admit, that's pretty awesome. Yep. Hey, so Blair got me that you, the gold watch. She allowed me to get the gold watch, and then my parents oh, got me that. My kids got me a Lego get... set. So was it the castle? The big no, eight hundred. It was a Jurassic or Lego 000. set because they know what Daddy really likes. It's the visitor center with the T Rex and the eight... Raptor and the thing. But it should be the eight thousand piece Disney. <laughs> Cinderella cast or or you should have got the, daddy we uh, the got we spent all your money for you thank you kids <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that you, you should have got the hey, speaking of have you seen the video it's it's a uh, viral but where this guy just got done with that huge Death Star Lego and his dog jumps up in his lap no and he drops the whole thing oh my gosh I would cry pretty much yeah 
That's like that with the guy's holding it and then his wife opens the door and it's obviously staged and he drops it. Yeah. I hate that kind of crap. Yeah. That, that one sounds real though. Does that one look legit? It looks legit. Yeah, I would cry then for sure. Yeah. Speaking no. of crying, yes. we'll get to our real stuff too. I, I want to know if what <laughs> okay. you would eventually do we'll make our way back to the topics. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to know what you, you would do in this situation. So, you know, we just got back from Disney, right? Yeah. A couple weeks ago, about a week ago. First time Harper had ever seen Happily Ever After. And we're sitting there. I'm holding her in my arms. So I'm holding her. And she's looking at me and then looking at the castle. And then, you know, Tinkerbell flies over. And, I, you know, she has that look of awe on her face. <clears throat> Anybody that knows me knows I'm an emotional man. I start tearing up. Yeah. And Amanda starts laughing at me. Oh. What would you, it, it, would you, if you, if you, had, okay, let's say, it's the first time Emma has ever. Emma was five years old again. It's the first sure. time she'd ever seen wishes at the time, or or because no, wishes. five years. That that would and have been probably the first go of happily ever after. Come true. Sorry, it, it would have been the first go happily ever yes. after. So anyway, so, whatever show was then, and she was watching yeah. it, and and she was watching it, and she just had this look of awe on her face, and and you're having a great daddy Emma moment. Wouldn't you tear up a little bit? Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, 100%. so for for those of you who don't have a heart, Amanda Adams, <laughs> I love you. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you, you might want to make the couch up for me tonight. <laughs> How good are my editing skills? That's the question Dave wants to know right now. No, I don't, I don't care. I can I make it sound like you said nothing of the sort. Dave. <laughs> no, I, I told her to her face. I was like, honey, you have no heart. Let me tell you something, First man. Off, no, go ahead. Sorry, what? Yeah, she's like, are you crying? I said, it's not because of the fireworks show. It's because of the moment. And you can't even really say something like, there's no crying at Disney. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. there is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. <laughs> anyway, um, I, so yes, I, I agree. Those moments stand out. They cause a visceral reaction because in the elevator of Aventura, they play a song that goes along with this little snippet of things in the parks. And we, we started singing along to it towards the end of the last time we were there. And I, right. I asked them, I asked Universal on Twitter, what is the song? I messaged them on Instagram and all that. And they said they didn't know. They couldn't tell me. So I went on a personal mission to figure it out. And I did. And sometimes, oh, wow. literally, dude, I will play that song and turn down the volume so it sounds like we're in the elevator and just close my eyes. I'm the same way. Cool. It's the same thing. All right. I and it's a stupid, like, it's, on, it's, a, it's a song from an album called Indie Synth Pop 2. You know, nobody knows it, but it means something to us. So, yes, I agree right. with you. I got one for you. All right, shoot. So, everybody knows Bama fan through my blood, right? One of the first things I've ever taught Ellie was, what do we say about Tennessee? Yucky. That's right. Right? Yep. What did I, what did I teach your son? Is baby <laughs> you know, poop orange? Yeah, orange is baby poop orange. <laughs> so, for some reason, and you're going to laugh at me, and I understand it, but I've gotten into Megan Maroney, who who is what? who I'm wearing Tennessee orange for him. Oh, song. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually really good, '90s country style. I was listening to that song today, and I started tearing up because I got to thinking, oh, if no. my daughter comes home, and, and as much as I had said, Ellie Tennessee sucks, we hate Tennessee. But if if Ellie comes to me and says. Dad, I found somebody who treats me like a queen. I found this great Christian man, but he's a huge Tennessee fan, and I'm going to wear Tennessee for him. 
I wouldn't care. <laughs> right. I'm using but, the heck out of the buttons today. I'm sorry. You are. You are. But, but you wouldn't care. I, I I would I would roll my eyes like oh crap. But I I yeah. If 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 it's trivial at that point. It's true. If and, and I mean he's not going to have you know, any teeth and he's not going to have done well, anything with honest, his life. He, but you he know. probably <laughs> if he's a Tennessee fan. <laughs> but. But my if, apologies to our Tennessee listeners. We're just joking. Right. But but let, let's be honest. I mean, same thing with Emma. If she came home and said, hey, I found this great guy. Sure. He's 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 treated me like a queen. He, he's a good Christian man, but he wears jean shorts on Saturday. I mean, baby, that's not compatible, sweetheart. Those three things don't <laughs> go together. <laughs> I think that's a little bit different because it's like if he wears Tennessee orange, there's a chance he might have gone there. Maybe he's college graduate. Who wears jean shorts? It might be a little bit different. Like, oh, so, I'd basically be like, oh, so he's a Florida man. Gotcha. You're going to marry Florida man. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> it, it's just, you know, a, a, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm sitting here listening to a cool country song. Boo-hoo and and I'm thinking, yeah, boo-hoo and thinking about my baby if she comes home and says, you know, I've met an Auburn fan or oh, yeah. I've met a, you know. That's the funny I, thing I, about having a girl, man, is you'll tear up it in the moment and thinking about the future. Yeah. With Aiden, I tear up thinking about the past and what we have done or things we didn't right. do. It's funny. Being a dad, yeah, it, the perspective. Yeah, is it is. It is. You know, this is our first, like, dad talk on the it is since we've been back it is yeah well there you go there you that was go. good and that yeah. was a tangent that was a good tangent we went rounded off on nobody in tennessee has teeth and jean shorts that's beautiful <laughs> that's our show ladies and gentlemen i'm wearing tennessee orange for oh hell no i'm wearing tennessee <laughs> orange anyway <laughs> well you know why you know why voles wear orange right go ahead you can wear it hunting on friday you wear it at the game on saturday and you can wear it when you pick up garbage on the street on, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Roll tight. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to steal tight. one from Rick and Bubba on that one. No. Is that Nadmire? Roll tight. <laughs> I, I, just, I just hate him. That's that inside of the pumpkin puke. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Oh, we gotta man. get back on track. All right, so we're talking sports. We let's. Mm-hmm. So last week, news broke out that uh, that conference realignment is not done. And uh, I wanted to. Adam wanted to. And I thought that was a good idea that we get in on here and we we talk. Sure. Our thoughts on it. I, you know, I think my thought is going to shock you a little bit, Adam. Okay. So let, I'm go ready ahead to be and shocked. Ex- Explain. Well, let's let's uh, I have to take the deep breath for all of the things that are about to flow. I have a feeling. So, twenty twenty four is going to bring a very fascinating change to the college football landscape. For anybody who doesn't know, not only is conference realignment happening, happening, they're expanding the playoffs. Yeah, that too, which mm-hmm. doesn't really fit with anyway. Um, mm. So we'll talk that in a minute. But so there's SEC, which has sixteen teams in this, which. They add who? I don't think they Texas add anybody. Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. There they are. They were buried in there. So you go to 16 for the SEC, 16 for the Big Ten, 14 for the ACC, and 16 for the Big 12. So the Big Ten, Big 12, the numbers mean nothing anymore, basically. Right. And then the best part of this is down at the bottom is the lowly Pac-12 with four teams. Which those four will get 
suck. Oh, they'll get picked up. They'll get picked up. So we wanted to just discuss this and what we think the impacts could be. What does it mean? What should they have done? There's been all kinds of speculation around that. So really any topic around this goes, Dave. But I will open the floor to you. All right. Here's my take that's going to shock you. Uh Uh-oh. You know I'm a college football purist. I love college football. I think sure. it is the best form of, of athletics known to man. You and I have had numerous discussions as to what college football is or what sports are in general. And I think that this is the worst thing that could ever happen to college football. Hmm. Because you now have in the Big Ten, Ohio State and and Oregon in the same. All right, let's even do this. Even worse, Rutgers, which is in New York, <laughs> and Oregon, yeah, which is on the or so, even better, make it a diagonal line. You have Rutgers in in Southern Cal, right? Los exactly. Angeles to New York, a diagonal line across the country, right? Yeah. So a four-hour time difference, and this is on a. You have to you, the football teams will get there Friday. So, oh, it was that? What My cat? cat just pushed the door open, the little one. Okay. So, football teams will get Crazy. there. They have to get there on Friday afternoon, usually. So, if you are Oregon flying to take on Rutgers, you have to leave Thursday night, yep. Friday morning, yep. at, at the butt crack of dawn. So, we already know, just because you and I went to Alabama, we already know college football players – take rocks for jocks in the oh, fall. Oh, for sure. I yep. mean, they, they take the, the lightest load you can get. But now, uh, I get it. Once a year, you used to make those big trips, and, and that was a big thing. But now, that's going to be a regular Sunday thing. And you're going to have a conference game. ESPN is going to want to put Oregon versus Ohio State in prime time. What are you going to do? What if that? All right. What if so? Big Twelve, it, they uh, their big thing is they have that noon game on Friday or on on Saturdays, right? That very first game is the Big Twelve game. West Virginia is in the Big Twelve. Man, Colorado man. is in the Big Twelve. Yep. It's the same thing. Yeah. So you're going to have at noon east or. Noon Central, no, 11 Central, noon Eastern, all the way to 9 a.m. Saturday morning. What if that's a home game for Colorado? You're going to have a 9 a.m. kickoff in Colorado? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's that's what I was going to say is if you think about USC Rutgers or Oregon Rutgers. And Rutgers is not anybody's pretty child. They hardly will ever be, right? They pull off the occasional upset, right? But USC plays at Rutgers in this certain year, and let's say it's late in the year. USC travels from Southern California to get over there, loses three hours in the process, and it's an 11 a.m. kickoff in the snow. Yeah. Now you've got Southern Cal completely at a disadvantage over a overmatched team that has a really good chance of beating them because you're going on a long jet lag flight, three hour time difference, quick turnaround because you're playing Saturday morning. It, it just makes no sense. Honestly, well, I'll save my take. Go, you go ahead and finish. You go ahead and finish yours. 
The only thing I see something good come out of this is finally the University of Central Florida is going to play with the big dogs. Yep. Central Florida for years. I'm looking at you, Van. I'm I'm looking at you, Van. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You can I'm feel his pro- stare through the audience. I'm looking at your Facebook profile picture right here. Looking at his face. For years, I've been poked at with this 2017 national championships. Yep. You're now playing with the big dogs. Let's see what big dog does when you play in the in in the in in the big conference. Well, there's a so let let's go a normal college football schedule. 11, 12 games. And right. one of those is some out-of-conference premier showcase game, most likely. Um, two of those are cupcakes with a, with a lower, con- lower division team. Right. And let's say the other nine are in conference. You're only playing half in two of these yeah. situ- three of these situations, half of your conference. So do you only do you divide them into divisions and you only play your division? Do you not cross pollinate? That's the part. So that I, the SEC the SEC has done away with divisions this year. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Yeah, but but if you're only playing half of your conference, you happen to get that year where you've got Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, right, <laughs> Arkansas. Right. You know, it just happens to, like Georgia's schedule this year. It just happens to be that year, and. Your strength of schedule is 165th out of 134. It's like negative strength of schedule. <laughs> right. I, I just, from that benefit, from that standpoint, I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think it feeds into the playoff more easily. Honestly, my take on it. I think this is the, one of the first steps down the path of the logical conclusion of NIL. Oh, yeah. Once the players are... We've had that conversation on sideline warning a lot, and if anybody wants to hear it, feel free to go back and listen. But I don't know if sideline warning is out there anymore. Huh. Well, anyway, we'll re- re- we will rehash it here for a minute. Yes. Um, once your players start getting paid, and it which kinda, they are now. Well, and it's the network. I'll start with networks plus nil equals this because the whole reason the Pac-12 only has four teams is ESPN came to them and said we want thirty million. They were like, nope, how about 50? And ESPN was like, peace out, right? And now nobody wants to be in the Pac-12 because they don't get that sweet TV money, the same as everybody else, right? So network money is one. NIL is two. Once your players start getting paid and you're really just more of a professional league, what difference does it make that you're leaving on a Wednesday or a Thursday? Because tests don't matter anymore. Right, You're making that money. You know, and it's like it it cheapens the whole aspect. This is basically starting the the transition into – the minor leagues of the NFL. I would put, I would say that it's even, I'd say I'd put it on the same level as the XFL. Mm, yeah. That's, I think that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it has more staying power, obviously. Well, think <laughs> than about your spring well, football leagues, but yeah, but no, I agree. Think about it this way though. I, I, I fully believe that Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, Oregon, Michigan could beat any XFL team. Oh no, for sure. Absolutely. I totally agree. I, I I agree with that. I think that's a wonderful analogy because the it was already to the point, and I don't mean I'm trying to tread lightly. I don't mean to belittle oh. anybody's education that they got, but it was already at the point you mentioned it earlier. Basket weaving 101, 
You know, yeah. there's some student athletes that take their craft on both sides don't, very seriously. Don't say communications. No, nope, I didn't communications. say that. I didn't say it. <laughs> there are some student athletes that take both academics and athletics seriously on both sides. There are some yeah. that are just there to play their sport. And when you have these weeks where USC plays Rutgers or what's another one I'm looking for on here? Let's see. Um, West Virginia. You mentioned that one. Playing yeah. Arizona, right? That that is your whole half of your week gone because you got to do walkthroughs and you got to get right. in, you got to get settled and get warmed up and all of that stuff, and then the weather and you got to take all of that into account. So this throws the academic piece; it, it makes it a joke. It really does. It does. It Those does. weeks do not every week, but the SEC less than anybody else. Who would have thought that would be the case? I know, right? So, <laughs> but they already what, had a big enough conference to begin with that it made sense. So I think, and and now let's talk about how we fix this. This will never happen. Because there's too much conference money right now. Oh, sure. But I, I think the way to fix it is you do it by quadrants. And I really thought the Big Ten or the Big 12 was going to be the conference to go. I never thought the Pac-12 oh, would be the one to leave. I know. I thought you devy up the Big, Ten, the Big 12's teams, Pac-12, SEC, and then ACC and uh, Big Ten. You have four team or four conferences. The winner of those conferences take the top two of those conferences, and then you have at larges. Yep, that's how you fix it. No, I totally. I think getting to eight teams is a good thing. I think that your con- there should be four. I totally agree. And if you look at the math here, it's not that hard to do because I wish three of them. I wish only two of them were at eighteen because then those four could just slide to the last two. You know, right? But if right. you throw in Notre Dame. That makes it Would an you, even. That makes it an odd number anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Notre, Notre Dame, Dame will never go to a conference. Well, then they don't play in the playoff. I mean, they're going to have to get that sorted. That that has to stop. But anyway, you, you wouldn't have this one team that's not in the NFL be like, "Hey guys, we want to play too," you know. But we're not <laughs> going to be in the players' union, and you know, we're not going to play by your rules anyway. Right. Um, but I think I think four conferences, and I think you could do one champion gets the bye, however you do it. And then the second one has the, – the number twos have to play that first round. Right. To get to four. I, I thought eight, eight was the sweet spot. Yeah. 16 is too much. Or well, 16 is too, too much. much. Just the nature of the sport I think, doesn't I think 12 is what they've got. The, for the first four get a bye. Yeah. And then – Until, until now, the conferences match where winning your conference means something. Because honestly, let's look at this Power 5 football graphic that we've been talking from, Dave. I'm going to read the names of the teams. And pardon me in audio land for a minute while I – Read the Big 12. Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Colorado, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, Utah, and West Virginia. Who from that group of teams is ever going to compete for a national championship? Are are we talking historically or are we talking I'm talking realistically now. TCU. TCU should be there. You might see K-State pop up every now and then. They've done that. But – it won't, it won't Basically, be UCF. Let me tell you something. The, the way that this is done, Alabama Colorado and Georgia. thinks they can with, with Coach Prime. Dude. Well, we got to see what he's actually got packed in that Louis that he's rolling in his own, right, or whatever he right. said that time. But it's like, if you look at this in the SEC, Alabama and Georgia, top two clearly. Texas isn't there yet. Oklahoma hasn't been there for a while. Nobody else, unless they catch him on a bad week, like Tennessee did last year to us. LSU. I think LSU LSU's, LSU's up there. So you got three, right? The Big 12 changed nothing. It's Michigan and Ohio State show. Adding all those teams did nothing. They're all just there to round out the schedule. Uh, USC 
No, and, and Oregon. I think USC and Oregon are. Big they might games pull today. off a random upset, but they're not going to continually be at the top like Michigan and Ohio State are. I don't think. Not year over year is kind of what I'm talking about. ACC, you it, got Clemson. Who else? Who else yeah. is going to be up there with them? Nobody. Nobody. And then the Big 12 is like all the also rans. And when you right. throw in the Pac-12 into that, Stanford might be the one, but Washington State, Cal, and Oregon State. You know, yeah, no, so it's no. still going to look exactly the same, and that's why I think the only way to fix it is if you do it off this rankings garbage, which I've hated every year of my life, even when I was like a baby. <laughs> Not really, but, baby. But I hate it because you can win the the Big Twelve. Let's say it's UCF, and they go right. undefeated in the Big Twelve against this garbage heap of teams. They didn't even play TCU. They meet TCU in the thing, and UCF wins. Is that one upset over TCU enough to propel them over Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? If there are 12 teams, Vance yes. Cope says it is. If there are 12 teams, they probably slide in. But does the 12 teams matter if it doesn't line up with the conference schedule? So, but here, The conference so champion has to mean something. If, it doesn't, if it's based it. off the rankings, it means nothing but people's opinions. So I get it. I get it, Adam. I do. But let's think. You don't want me to beat that at, dead horse anymore? Let's look at March Madness. Sure. Look, look at what March Madness does for college basketball. Oh, sure. I think they're trying to replicate that with football. You can't. But I don't. You can't. It's a different game. Completely. Basketball, any team on any given day can win. If you're cold, you're cold. If you're hot, you're hot. Look at Alabama. Well, and but, the thing about it is, is the same five teams, six teams, rise to the top, but Look at Kansas, Kentucky, some of those teams this passive. They weren't hot like they normally are. Right. And the basketball, but, and you have you to play Loyola so Paramount. many games. And you don't have – you have cupcakes built in at the front end, and then conference play starts, and it gets real. Right. In college football, a third of your season is throwaways, right? But I unless just, you're in the SEC. Well, unless you're in the SEC, that's true. That's, well, every week if you're in the Big 12, I'm looking at you, UCF. But it's – Hey, I just it's better I than Conference USA. It, it, it doesn't matter if you threw 64 teams at it. Unless winning your conference means they've made such a big deal out of winning your conference in football for so long, it needs to eventually mean something. And the conference structure needs to align with whatever the playoffs is. That's how the yeah. NFL does it, the XFL, whatever pro- proxy you want to make. But I, that's how I fix it is you have to make those align. So, all right, cool. All right. That, that was our, our one sports off road. I'll, I'll say one more thing. I'll say one more thing. Oh, Lord. Okay. NASCAR. Stages. <laughs> oh, you hate it, don't you? Stages, arrow packages, randomness like that degraded the sport very quickly, right? It went from a war of attrition to who can run 100 laps the fastest, which is never the point of a race like Talladega. Right. It was never a point of a race like Daytona. So state, they started messing around with the stuff, right? Then you look at basketball, the NBA. They've got this mid-season tournament where every player gets half a million dollars it's like messing around with the mojo man this is the same thing they're starting to mess around with the mojo with nil and with this and it it's going to cheapen the brand again diminishing returns for a fan starts to fall off pretty quick so let's talk about this though Uh, real quick we'll get off this off ramp here in a second players deserve to get paid i don't disagree with that the universities have been making billions of dollars. Look at the Johnny. Have you watched the Johnny Menzel story on? I have on, not. I've seen enough of it in the news to feel like I've watched it, though. <laughs> right. Okay. Johnny Menzel deserved to get some of that money. He because, also deserves to have his Heisman taken away, but whatever. 
A&M made billions of dollars off of that man. Somehow, players deserve NIL. But it should not ever get to a point to where, hey, I'm going to go play for, throw a random college out there. I'm going to go play for Oklahoma State because Warren Buffett can offer me $5 million for this NIL. Yeah. It should be, it truly should be, what's the coach going to offer me Which, as playing time? Or or it should be more, I don't want to say equalized, because then you'll have UCF doing just as much as Georgia and things like that. But you almost are heading towards that NFLPA style thing where, right? is it starting to give some teams an unfair advantage? But I'll tell you this real quick, back on sideline warning, I vehemently disagreed with, I think both you and Ben, that players should not be paid. You because did. they were getting a free education. The one thing that's changed my mind is a degree means hardly anything in our economy anymore. Right. Hardly yeah. anything in our economy. And if their education, like we just talked, is not necessarily a degree that's applicable towards anything, what is on the other side of them sacrificing their body for four years for the name of a game that is just going to go to the next kid? So right. I've, I've changed my views a little bit on that. I don't think it should be in the millions that's but at the same the, time, the those colleges are making millions, so I can understand the argument at least. That's where the clapping, you changed your views. Clap! Very good. good. There you go. Yeah. The old right. would be like that, though. But it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. let's, let's, do, let's take a break real quick. We got your dad's call or your dad's question, and we've got a call on the birth line-ish. Yeah, what do we call it? Is it still the birth line? That's that's what we, we just haven't we haven't talked about calling it anything new, so that's what we call it every week. Okay, 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 oh okay. All right. So here we go with a uh, Virgil asked a question. Until the 1860s, virtually all of America's currency was in the form of copper, silver, and gold coinage. Private banks and firms issued paper money and notes, but they did not circulate freely and were often mistrusted. Federally issued paper money was not freely accepted and often traded at a discount of the face value. This sentiment changed in the 1860s with the advent of the Civil War, albeit out of necessity. Gold, silver, and even copper prices spiked dramatically due to the uncertainty surrounding the war. In many cases, coins were worth more in melted value than their face value. Tremendous amounts of American coinage was destroyed during this period, and what little money was left was hoarded metal by concerned citizens. Paper money overtook coinage as the primary means of exchange. The, current, the president banned private ownership of gold, which ended the $2.50 quarter eagle, the $5 half eagle, the $10 eagle, and the $20 double eagle. My question is a two-part question. What year did paper money replace the metal coinage, and who was the president at that time? 1900. Ooh. Yes, you're in the right century. And, oh, who was 1900? I, uh, He's thinking... In the right century, you only have a hundred years to choose from. Was it Taft? I don't oh, think it was. Sorry. <laughs> it was um 
a president that a lot of people say a lot of good things about. But FDR. Was, yes, but was one of the most progressive presidents that we've had. Um, war effort and war response like aside. Like to get a rich right? man to vote like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was in 1933 he ordered the seizure oh. of all privately held gold, and then he signed the Gold Reserve Act in 1934. And the interesting piece of that, I, I was reading kind of viewpoints of both sides. And one was that he collected all the gold, right. started doing paper exchanges for it where you didn't just have free access to it. You got paper instead of that and devalued the gold value by 50, um, 59% right after that, which meant all the profit from that devaluation went to the government instead of private citizens. And it was in the name of ending the depression early, which in theory, if you subscribe to that economics is a good point. If you subscribe to the other side of the coin, then the government profited instead of the people, which also would have... If the people had it, would have restarted the recovery, but it would have been in the people's hands to do it instead of the government. So an interesting so civics lesson in there somewhere. I have a Dave asked the question. Oh, this my is, goodness. This is what this that is I've unprecedented. Been, this is what I've always been fascinated about. OK. What presidential candidate wanted the country to go back to gold standard and ran like six times? On the Democratic ticket and the, never won. The Democratic ticket? Mm -hmm. How long ago are we talking? Uh, turn of the century. 19. Spiro Agnew. <laughs> Williams Jennings Bryant. Oh. There you uh, go. That's just, uh, that was when your dad was asking all that. My first thought was, he's going to ask a Williams Jennings Bryant. <laughs> oh, here it comes. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the first time Williams Jennings Bryant has been mentioned on a right? podcast. But isn't it, isn't it funny to think that that the bank run was people going to exchange for the gold. They wanted their gold back. And right. as soon as he was president, he said, nope, not doing that again. We're going to control yeah. it. And if you look at historical gold values, they jumped pretty high right then. So what are the other undercurrents? What else was going on geopolitically? Right. Other countries, now, now the United States had all of this gold reserve to itself, right? And it's just right. interesting. The whole thing's fascinating. It is. It is. All right. So we also have another call on the birth line. Do we and, have to play this one? Someone has a beef yeah. with me, Dave. I don't like beef. And they've got a beef with me. That is true. That is true. All so, right. So here we go. go this ahead. one's from Dave's friend. I guess our friend. Friend of the show. Yeah, BK. friend of the show. Hey, this is Brian, hey. or BK, and... Dave likes to call me. I hate that this is name? like the first call that I do with you guys coming back, but yeah, I have a beef with uh, Mr. Adam Russell there. How dare you not like the Beatles, and how dare you insult them that every other cover is better than the original? I mean, really? What is wrong with you? We really need to sit down and, you know, Ask who hurt you that you don't like the Beatles, that you don't like Chris Stapleton, that, I don't know, man, what's wrong? Yo, I mean, if you want a song to say that the Beatles were great, Blackbird is always the one that I go to. So, yeah, kind of disappointed, but not really surprised in any ways. But, uh, yeah, really loving the show, guys. Glad you're back. Uh, glad Adam is sort of back on the, uh, on the internet, but I get why he was off because it's a scary place, honestly. But, yeah, good show, guys, and uh, say it with me now, Pedro Pascal. That's the not guy. Pablo Escobar. Again, Pedro Pascal. 
Later, Dave. That's See? the guy. Dang it. That's the Pedro one. Pedro We were I, way I off. I Din Djarin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. This is the way. So the question that was posed to me, I need to address it. I'm going back over the transcript, was how like dare I not like the Beatles, and I don't like Chris Stapleton. broken wings and learn to fly. What song is that? Blackbird? Oh, yeah. I see, I don't like the Beatles. Um, it comes down to one word. Why do I not like, and me and Dave, we talked about this. And I have a t- retort. <laughs> I have a retort. You need a shirt with that on it. I have a retort. So why do I not like the Beatles? Well, why do I not like Chris Stapleton? It comes down to a single word, and that is drugs. I think that's pretty straightforward. The Beatles, um, you can tell when they were on and off. Their music degraded in quality over time greatly. And Chris Stapleton only openly sings about calling his drug dealer. So... Drugs. That's okay. the answer to my who, question. Who, you told me on this very and show. Chris Stapleton sta- wait, and Chris Stapleton stands up there claiming to be the savior of country music, but he wrote Southside, which isn't a bad song. But come on, man. That's you not told country me music. Go ahead. On this very show, I believe that your favorite country artist, even surpassing now King George, is Eric Church. Okay. She got a rock. I'm getting stoned. Okay. Drink a little drink. Smoke a little smoke. Okay. Your own favorite singer. Metaphorically. Sings about Christian Listen music, to me. Or not Christian music. Listen to About me. drugs. Let me tell you the difference. Let me explain to you the difference. And one reason a lot of people like the Beatles is that their music might be hard to understand, but it's metaphorical. It's poetry, right? I'm the walrus. Cuckoo, cuckoo. I have no idea what that means. But if you look at Eric Church's... She got a rock. I got stoned. His heart has been struck by that rock. So he's getting stoned. You can read it that way, but you could also read it that he's being hit by that, like feeling like he's being stoned in the ancient medieval time sense. Drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. Nowhere in the lyrics does it say, I'm calling my dealer because I'm out of product. He could be smoking anything. He could be smoking a brisket. He could be smoking a cigarette, vape. He could be smoking a chicken. Nine things you didn't know about Eric Church. Okay. I'll just read them. He got his start performing in high school. Hmm. He graduated. Are you saying high school? Like, oh, see, hi, that means drugs. Is that what you're saying? No, he got his start. (laughs) He graduated college before coming to Nashville. Good for him. Cool. Eric is his middle name. Wow. How about that? There's a practical reason behind his sunglasses. He wears contacts, hmm. and stage lights dry out his contacts. Hey, I, I can comprehend that as well. He carries a specific list on stage with him. It's the list where Rascal Flats fired him. Hmm. He helped T-Swizzle get her big break. <laughs> That's nice of him. He keeps his personal life private. Hmm. He is, has a hefty estimated net worth. Okay. How many number things are we eight. on now? Is this number nine? Nope. This is number nine. Number nine. He loves his weed. Chris is well known for being pro cannabis. Chris? Point, Chris? That's our church. I'm sorry. I was going to say, we, we know that about Chris. Okay. It says church. All right. Church is well known for it being pro cannabis to the point 
where it was even a joke at the ACM Awards. Blake Shelton and Luke Bryan said that Church was the modern-day Willie Nelson, hmm. joking that his dressing room looked like a dispensary. Interesting. Does he does he put music out that anybody on Apple Music, including children, could listen to that glorify that by talking specifically about drug dealers? Drink a little drink. Which is in all country smoke. music. Smoke a little smoke could mean any number of things. It's not explicitly saying, I have to call my dealer because I'm down to them stems. <laughs> you and I are going to go round and round about this for a well, long ne time. Neither one of us will ever admit we're, we're wrong to anything we disagree about, Dave. So this is <laughs> hey, literally the changed, proverbial rock and hard place. <laughs> you changed your views on one thing. so I, I got there myself, up. though. That's the thing. <laughs> Is this the predestination conversation? Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. No Calvinism today, please. <laughs> All right. Oh. So let's get to the two E of the situation. Let's do it. Did you see what I, see what I did there? Oh, I saw what you did there, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we can row the boat, but we, we're at, we don't have any oars. We can, that, that we can use the, we no. can use the oar two E. I don't know. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, that's not. It's not working for me anymore. No, Sorry. no. Let Let's get to it. Yeah, get over it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. So you bring you up, introduce up. this topic, Dave. Go ahead. All right. Well, I, you have the the article up. I don't. So I, well, I just I, I know the back. Okay. So it came out Monday. No Tuesday. No, it was Monday. Uh, I was sitting in my office, not at, here at home, not not at work. Came out to Monday that Michael Orr has now come out and said he was never adopted by the Tuies, and the Tuies have withheld something to the effect of like eighteen million dollars from him, and um, he hasn't seen a dime from the Blind Side book or movie, and. Um, that they really just collected him as a football player and did not bring him in as part of the family. Mm -hmm. and, and let's let's go back really quick. So this was the kid from the Blind Side, right? If anybody seen lineman, that, right? Yeah. Who this this family from Ole, Ole Miss, mm -hmm. Oxford, yep. Mississippi, took in allegedly. Uh, we have to say allegedly now. Took in and and you know basically raised him as one of their kids. You know, I've never had one of these before. A room, a bed. You know that that yeah. that line from Blindside. Yep. A, a, or or I'm just not going to wear that ugly Tennessee orange. You can go there. It's just not my color wheel. Yep. Uh, that that movie. Um. I, I I have two thoughts about this. One, why why wait so long for this to come out? Blindside movie came out. In 2008, 2009, somewhere around in there. Um, it was 2009 because Nick Saban had just started at Alabama and he had to wear LSU for the movie. I, I remember that. Yep. Um, and the book was earlier than that. It was. He, I, and let's, okay, here's another reason this is kind of funny. Do you know who his high school coach was in Oxford, Mississippi? Uh, Hugh Freeze, wasn't it? Hugh Freeze. Yeah. The reason Hugh Freeze got into college, uh, coaching in college, was because of Michael Orr. That story, yeah. Yeah. So, well, so and this has this has huge 
overreaching so the, tentacles. It does. The, the high-level bullets that he's getting into are that they didn't actually adopt him, that they tricked him into signing into a conservatorship, kind of right. like Britney Spears had with, with her dad, right? So that he was never she, fully she adopted. It was a conservatorship. And that, it, that he was told that they said in Mississippi, you can't adopt an adult, which isn't true legally. You can. You can adopt anybody as long as they consent if they're over a certain age. Um, but that they tricked him into conservatorship to hide the money that they would make off the book and the movie and everything like that for him. To which, A, they signed into a conservatorship before the book or the movie were ever a thing. Right. That's one thing. But it's... That, that he said they withheld. I'm trying to find the total in the story. It's a lot but of money. But they withheld millions. Yeah, I can't. Uh, the ESPN article doesn't say exactly. Um, I think I read 18 million, maybe even more than that. Yeah, and, and a lot of the, the story is that, and they quote this number in there, that it made $300 million on a $29 million budget. But a lot of that budget goes to Grips and Best Boys and catering and the director and the actors <laughs> you know it's not right. like 271 million dollars was just sitting on a table waiting for the twoies to grab it you know and right. that, that's their side of the story so they've come back and said that they're devastated by it that um they never tricked him they never intended to deceive him that they were genuine and that they only made seven hundred thousand dollars off the book nothing hardly anything from the movie but most of it was the book because they sold their story and that was distributed evenly. So I think my, my concern with both sides of the story is not anything anybody's saying because you never know anybody's true intention. You can't. It's what aren't they saying is what's worrying me. Yeah, well, the, the twoies could very well be lying. Who knows, right? But Michael Orr also, he's retired out of the spotlight a little bit. Maybe he's fallen on hard times since the pandemic and he needs a financial shot in the arm. Who knows, right? Maybe they had an argument in the background right before this. I mean, anything, any number of things could happen. We don't know everybody's story. Here's the thing that I don't like about either side. It should be fairly easy to prove. Right, but it's not. There, there will be, but I'm just saying, there should be royalty checks paid by a publisher or the contract that they have that other people have. The Tuies don't have the sole copy of that contract. So if this turns out, this is a legal thing. Like this is not a, right. like he's suing to have the conservatorship dissolved and he wants his fair share. And with subpoena power comes the truth, or at least right. evidence that you can deduct the truth from. And it's going to be clear one way or the other whether or not this is the case. Now, deceiving him and all of that won't be, but how much money they got from all of this and whether he received any of it, it's going to come out. So he's either making a really big mistake and he's going to come out on the other side of this looking like a really shady dude, or they're going to come out on the other side of this because now they've put their line in the sand saying we never did this. And their lawyer came out even stronger against what oh, he said. I hadn't read the lawyer. Yeah. Let me, let me see really quick. I mean, what, what do you agree with what I'm saying while I look this up? What are your thoughts? I, on that I side do. I think I, I, I don't know. So the, the timing is fishy to me. I get it. He probably wanted to retire before he went after all this. I get it. But why not say this about when the movie came out? Or you know, why not speak of saying, whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's not how I saw it. Yeah. You know, when the book came out, this book was this movie was pretty much very close to the book. If if there is an issue. Why didn't we hear anything from Michael Orr? Yeah. Because I didn't know much of this story when he played at Ole Miss. 
what made me res- what made me know the name of Michael Orr was the blind side. Yeah. It was so what made me like to watch him play was the publicity that he got from the movie. Yep. He was a good left tackle. Yeah. He wasn't great, but he was good. But for, uh, an offensive lineman to be good, you should not know their name. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it, it's like a bass player in a band. Sure. You, you know, if the bass player is off, you know who that bass player is. <laughs> but if they're not and they blend into the band, then it's a very good bass player. Yep. Well, here, here's what the, the lawyer had to say. So he said that Orr had recently started, this is the quote, started to threaten the family about what he would do unless they paid him an eight-figure windfall. And as part of that shakedown effort, so the language starts to change here, as part Ooh. of this shakedown effort, refused to cash the small profit checks from the Tuies, they still deposited Mr. Orr's equal share into a trust account they set up for him. Unbeknownst to the public, Mr. O has actually attempted to run this play several times before, and other lawyers have stopped representing him once they saw the evidence and learned the truth. Sadly, he's finally found a willing enabler and filed this ludicrous lawsuit as a cynical attempt to drum up attention, wait for it, in the middle of his latest book tour. Plot twist, Mm. he's in the middle of a book tour. (laughs) So it's like, you don't want to cast judgment, but again... All the things he's alleging are very easy to prove false. And timing. Very easy. So yeah, timing. It's all about timing. Yeah. And and that and everybody now around the world, thank you, COVID, is extremely cynical of an allegation and a response. So I, I honestly am at the point where I don't know which one to believe because I could see where his intention would be. But I could also see how this family, if they were portrayed in any way accurately by Sandra Bullock, would pull something off like this and try not to do the right thing. Like, you could see it, right? right? right. And again, that's the cartoon caricature that she played in the movie, which probably is nothing like the real person at all. And I don't mean to say that they are. But no one trusts anybody anymore. Oh, no, not at all. Just so, who do you believe? But if, if this goes to a court of law, if this does follow legal proceeding, the subpoenas will happen. And the documents are going to be there. And it's going to be clear one way or the other. Yeah. So years ago when Peyton Manning was a big deal and this movie was was out, they made a Saturday Night Live skit where <laughs> Peyton Manning was on the side of the road and, and Sandra Bullock showed up and he, he's like, she's like, I just like collecting football players. I, let me give you a bed. <laughs> let me give you a place to stay. If this is the case... That's going to look back like, whoa. (laughs) It's like the Simpsons. They predicted the future. Right, exactly. Yeah. But when you sit here and you Google Sean Tui and Leanne Tui's net worth, hers is 50 million and hers is 25 million. His and hers, yeah. So it's like, I'm not saying they didn't earn it. I'm not saying they didn't work for it. What do they do? What what is their... Let's see. I don't know. They were rich to begin with. They were. Oh, I mean, how else could you do Sean Tui is an American sports commentator and a restaurateur. And this says his okay. net worth is $100 million. So for me, I don't know. It feels like he maybe was like, hey, you know, I need some cash. And they were like, eh. and he's like, well, you're good for it, man. I know yeah. I'm part of your family. It feels like it could be that situation, too. Right. But again, you don't know. What, what Fascinating she do? story. If, if she's worth money by, by herself. 
I mean, she was just a housewife, wasn't she? I don't know. Just a housewife. I, I mean, <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Hold up. She's an interior designer, by the way. But I'm going <laughs> to let that simmer. Housewives work incredible oh. jobs. But to be worth $50 million. Housewives, everybody. Let's hear it for him louder. Yes, louder. Yeah, housewives. <laughs> but to be worth oh $50 million dollars on her own. She's an interior people. designer. Right. Okay. Yeah. That was the point I was making. Yeah. Not, okay. Insert mouth, or open mouth, insert foot. That, Says her work has been featured on numerous TV shows, including HGTV, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, Move That Bus, and others. So, okay. So, yeah, they're, they're no stranger to a dime, but it's like, who do you trust? Do we trust the rich people? Or the uh, guy Michael in the middle of his book rich. tour? Michael Orr is rich. Look up Michael Orr's. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That's it. Wow, Dave, you're just you take our show in new directions. I mean, he's he's worth. a he was a multimillionaire in the NFL between sixteen and twenty five million. It says right. estimates oscillate and prevailing consensus opinions. It's like, does that mean that he's maybe a spender? I don't know. Who knows? But again, Does 16 he, to 20. So we're talking people with a combined net worth of $200 million here haggling over the profits from a movie that was made. Right, exactly. 14 years ago. But let's be honest, and, and this is where I could see Michael Orr's point. The movie was about him. It was about him. Lock, stock, and barrel. But, but it was also about the Tuies. It was. But if they didn't make anything from it, and what little they did, made was, did make was split evenly, you don't have an argument. Right. Easy to prove. So. I, I hope I hope we get to see the end of this. I doubt we do. Oh, no. This will... Yeah, I don't know. I can't this see this die. being a thing. That it'll either not get covered and it'll get buried or it'll settle some way where it just dies. Yeah. Because that was, that was kind of my point about looking up their net worth is if, if he needed something, surely they would help him out. Right. Surely it's exactly. not about that. But Un Unless it is a... As a parent... I, let's let's biblically talk here unless it's a prodigal son moment i gave you your money go on yeah you know uh, uh, unless it's a prodigal son moment and this is his way of trying to get back maybe again you never know so that stuff never, that can't what? be proven i i'm reading a book right now called factfulness yeah and it says the most stress-free way to live is to hold opinions only which can be proven by data that you control. Can't do that. Sure you can. No, I can't. Sure you can. Alabama is the best football team in college. Statistically speaking, they have had the most recent success. There you go. But, but how do I prove that once Nick Saban retires? You to can't me, because we're who knows. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, we've been going for an hour and hour or so. Yeah, we're only an hour an thirteen. Hour. We're doing good compared to the last ah, few this shows. Is, this, yeah. is, this is nothing. Please. No, um, I I have a call to action. Ooh. So Adam and I would like to go live again soon, but one of our our caveats to go live, one of our our need to have, is a moderator. Speaking like a true, true, true uh, contract negotiator over there. What are your need to have? Yeah, that Let's can moderate back. the comments and keep it civil um, and be a third-party negotiator. 
Uh, oh, there's no <laughs> negotiation. It, it's full on deleting comments without a heart. Yeah, and, and even if you know who they are, and and it, the thing think, about it is, well, the thing about it is, we had it, the the thing that got me was that one comment from Twitch. Do you remember yeah. the one time we streamed yeah. to Twitch? So this Come is going to be no, like, go away. Oh my, who are you even? Yeah, th- it's going to be every platform that we're connected to, keeping a watchful eye, that type of thing. It's important. It's important not just because we want things to stay civil and stay within the realm of what the scope of our show is, but it's important because these videos, once they're out there, live forever. Right. So, yeah. Right. So, if so you, what do they get if they volunteer? Just a warm feeling inside? A warm, fuzzy feeling. I think that's um, good. You, That'll you, work. you get to be an unrelated brother. Hey, now, come on. Somebody can't just volunteer and all of it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or no, sister. I, I, or sister. Yeah, or sister. Or sister. And if you're a housewife, Dave says you have plenty of time, so sign up now. <laughs> Dave has left the stream. Come back, Dave. Come on. Come on, I'm Dave Adams, roasted. ladies and gentlemen. Come on, Dave. We love you. I'm going to get roasted in the comments anyway. <laughs> just went to you. Well, Amanda doesn't listen, so you'll be safe there. Yeah, she just downloads but, it, doesn't ever listen. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the download though. <laughs> yeah. Thank right? you. Anyway, so if you would like to do it, we'll post this on on Facebook and all that fun stuff too later. But just contact me or Adam. Um, we we've got some. We we would love to do it. We we loved interacting ninety nine percent of the time on Facebook and and lives and all that stuff. We probably won't respond in the show as much as we used to. Uh, I think it it probably brought down some of the the show flow. Uh, we we will still yeah. respond in the show some, sure. but not all the time. I mean, you'll see us typing back and forth well, to you. And honestly, any kind of interaction, I don't want to, that's not the way to word it. Any kind of interaction is a good thing if we do it. Um, there, I've, I see a lot of YouTube previews and things like that where people don't even, they don't even interact. You know, I, I I keep going back to the presidential election night where we stayed on here. <laughs> that was that was different though. That's a special occasion. That was although that was night. the most anticlimactic ending to a show we've ever. It was had. well, guys. It's not going to happen. We're going so, to bed, uh, and little did we know uh, that no election would ever be decided that night again in the history of mankind. I so I don't know if we'll ever do that again. I also find it funny that that was that Amanda was in here with me. Yeah, and she was eating the Halloween, the uh, Mickey's not so scary. Cat oh yeah, I remember that. Candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah we i mean i'd love to go live again um but if, if anyone's interested just contact us we'll, yeah. we'll go go from there. unrelated at birth and, at gmail.com or a facebook messenger individually whatever works put it on the group it it you don't have to do it every week Car- uh, like pigeon. we could we could have a roster yeah we'll make a roster yeah when yeah. more than one person signs up we'll make a roster i might ask bk to do it i bet he'd do it He's got, we got to settle our beef first, man. I don't know. Hopefully my answer is acceptable to him. I almost thought about, like, I thought about calling him and said, hey, here's the link. Just show up. Just show up in the middle of it. He'll never see it coming. Talk about He'll blindsided. Never. See, that would have been perfect. Oh, that would have been perfect. Dang. Oh, well. Yeah, we'll have to figure it. We'll do it. But, yeah, if you want to be the moderator, contact us. Anyway, so that's the show. That's how we do it. If you want to contact us, we told you how to do it about the moderator. But the socials are Adam. 
I never do the socials. You do the okay. socials. Fine. Okay. We are on Facebook, unrelated at birth. <laughs> we have the Facebook list. <laughs> oh, man. Facebook listener group, unrelated at birth listener group. Uh, we just talk nonsense in there. It's a lot of fun. Um, Instagram, at unrelated birth. Twitter, not related bros. We need to we, we need to start tweet Xing again. Xing. It's not Twitter anymore. It doesn't roll it's off X. the tongue as well. And it's not X. It's posting. They, they, they are saying... Oh. It's it's posting and reposting. Bad, bad, bad. Um, also, if you want to call in and be on the show like BK did, Adam, what would the phone number be? Is this a pop <laughs> quiz to see if I remember it this week? It is. It is a pop <laughs> yeah, quiz. Call us on a hot take, an opinion like BK did, something we said, a cool thing to talk about on the show like my dad does every week. It's 863-345-0088. That's 863- Three, four, five, double, oh, double, eight. There you go. Easy That's it. To remember. That's the one. Yep. All right, guys. Great show. We, I enjoy getting back to our roots, talking sports every now and then, but see, it wasn't just sports. We, we made a, we, we went all around the block tonight. That and is then what some. you listen. That, that is what you listen to unrelated to birth for. It is a true stream of consciousness podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to us guys. We love y'all. Adam take them home yeah thank you again everybody for letting us entertain your ear holes for one more week and remember we love you but not as much as jesus does stay safe out there be kind to one another and we will talk to you again next week bye guys